It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, and welcome to the Secret Golf Tour Report. We are back after the Charles Schwab Challenge. This week, it's the Memorial Tournament at Jack's Place, Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio. Now, we're going to get on to that, and our tour report will be out on Wednesday. But first, I'm joined by Elk. You're on location, and we're recording this on Memorial Day, so it's on Monday. And where in the world are you? I am in Carlsbad. Wait for it. Not California, Carlsbad, New Mexico. My son Sam and I are playing in a, in a little best ball tournament out here, having a lot of fun. Uh, it's the, the course has got some shots that we're not used to out of sand and rocks and stuff, but we're learning some new tricks. I love this. So we have a makeshift set up today. You're using the trunk of your car, sitting in a parking lot. And this is how my this is how my career started, Diane, in the trunk of a car. Okay, well, we have to talk about last week at Colonial because it was an incredible week anyway. I mean, Jordan Spieth being the local Texas guy, he was in the mix, 54-hole leader, but it was Secret Golf's Jason Kokrak who took him down on Sunday and ended up beating him by two shots. I just got off the phone with Jason. We, we text together after the win last night. My son Sam and I, Sam, funny enough, when I first met Jason Kokrak, he came by the house with Pat Perez years ago. And um, my son was a little younger. And uh, when Jason was playing the Houston Open, Sam really befriended Jason and went out on the golf course and followed him every hole back when Jason was nobody teeing off the 10th tee at 7 a.m. on a Thursday. There was Sam on the 10th tee following Co-Crack the whole way around. And now I just got off the phone. And I told him, I said, mate, when I when I met you, you were probably 150th player in the world. Now you're Pretty much the way he played the 13 holes or so yesterday, Diane, between the slow start and the kind of tricky finish, Jason Kokrak put so much pressure on Jordan Spieth. And I told him, I said, mate, you, you're you going to remember this because it's, it's like taking down Jack Nicholas at Muirfield Village. You did it in style, but he drove the ball, Diane, 330 yards, almost split the center every hole and so powerful. And he had so much pressure on Jordan 
Jordan was hot. You know, he couldn't make a move. And still he had to, Jordan was still in it. And I said, I reminded him, Jordan Spieth has an extra club in his bag that hardly anyone has. I certainly don't. And Jason probably doesn't either. That he can still hang in there at the end and make these putts and get up and down and just be awesome. He's just such a champion. And to beat him in Texas, well, that's going to help him because he needed this yesterday to, to do that, Diane, because he's going to have to deal with this again, whether it's Ryder Cup when he goes over overseas and plays or any time he gets in an adverse situation. It's so big to be able to draw off beat, beating Jordan Spieth in Texas. Oh, yeah, incredible. And, you know, you talk about Spieth scrambling, but on Sunday he was three over on the day. And Jason Kokrak and Jordan Spieth, they both got off to a little bit of a shaky start. And Kokrak... He looks so cool, calm and collected when he's out there and he did play incredible golf in the middle, but he put himself under pressure with bogeys on 15 and on 16. His par save on 17, I think, was the thing that did it for him. That almost kind of sealed it. But his putting is so underlooked on the PGA Tour. Jason Kokrak, he's always been known he's a big guy, as bombing it down the fairway and being one of the longest hitters on tour and last week at Colonial he was the longest off the tee but his putting is amazing and that's really what won him the tournament absolutely I think I saw a stat on CBS yesterday where he'd made 110 foot of putts in the middle of the round yesterday and of course you've already noted that both the players got out to a slow start when they got through the horseshoe if you watch this show we talked about the three hardest holes of Colonials three four and five and they were both I think coming out of there uh, two over. I saw Jason birdied five and six and eight, and then he was off to the race. As I say, he just was able to hold Jordan Spieth feet to the fire by putting it in the fairway and putting it on the green every hole. It was just, uh, of course, I was pulling, I, I, I really like Jordan Spieth, but of course, we're pulling more for Jason Kokrak yesterday. And Jason has been playing on tour for such a long time. He's 36 years old. His first win came just at the end of 2020 at Shadow Creek in Vegas and then getting this. So his second PGA Tour victory, his second win of the season. I just texted him and said, congrats. And I said, well, the floodgates have opened now. And he always said that that's what needed to happen with his game. He was so close for so long and you almost get the monkey off your back when it comes to your first win. You back it up with the second and now there's no stopping him. Yeah, and it became very clear at the end of the round yesterday. He had that two-shot lead, and then but Jordan's the last three holes at Colonial, very small little triangular holes that get back to the clubhouse. 16, he hit a poor shot in the bunker, didn't get up and down. Of course, Jordan Spieth did what he does. Uh, 17, this is through a different set of eyes here. Jason had to lay up off the tee. He's not very good at that. He's better with a driver. Jordan pulled his tee shot and it bounced back into play. And I'm like, oh, my God, is Jordan Spieth going to get a, a break here and just – you know, chip in after that. and But in the end, uh, Kokrak did what he needed to do in the middle of the round, Diane, where he put so much pressure. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time. Put so much pressure on Jordan. He was able to pull ahead ever so slightly that needed that little bit of, of gap at the end. I mean, it was a two-horse race. It was almost like a match play situation on Sunday. But we have to talk about Patton Kazire, another member of the Secret Golf team who finished in third. And you know, we, we'll talk about Patton a little bit later on on the tour report this week. But my gosh, he's playing probably the best golf of his career right now. I also text with him. He had what I considered one of the greatest Texas runs without winning. I think he 63 or four, the last round of San Antonio, 63 or four, the last round of Byron Nelson, and then a third place finish at Colonial. So that's a 
I texted him. I said, welcome to Texas. Yeah, I know. He's probably liking Texas a lot right now. Anyway, this week our tour report is going to be interesting because we're talking Muirfield Village. It's Jack Nicholas's course, but after the conclusion of the 2020 tournament, they completely renovated the course. So we're all looking at this place with brand new eyes this week. They were actually showing on the TV coverage last year the diggers and all the guys starting work while the tournament was still being played. So this week we're using all the information we have from the renovation of this iconic course. Yeah, I think, Diane, this week, you know, knowing Jack Nicholas, which I do, and I've played the Muirfield event a lot of times, the only unknown is is how how Jack Nicholas has a way, Diane, of being very calm and collected about saying what he's done to the golf course. But does anyone really believe that Jack would tear up the whole course and, and not make it a little bit harder? We know some numbers. We know he's added 100 yards. But 100 yards doesn't sound much, but strategically, a 20 here, a 15 here, another 20 there, all adds up. But I think, Diane, Jack Nicholas is he's, he's famous for this. He'll always go in and, and change a hole. Arnold Palmer did the same thing. But we're going to see a golf course that is the same routing. All the greens have been resurfaced. That means that nobody has the advantage of how to read the greens. Normally speaking, this course would be an easy one to handicap because, let's face it, when you have experience at Muirfield Village, it's such an iconic course. Now, nobody knows where the pin placement is going to be. Nobody knows the slopes. It's a whole new ball game. And by the way, Jack Nicholas asks you to do a lot when you play his courses. You've got to drive the ball good. You've got to play strategy. We know he's put in a few extra bunkers to knock out Bryson, a few mature trees to stop all that stuff going on. He said last year famously on, he said, I don't care if they drive it down there 350 yards, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to drive it in the fairway. There's not going to be any freebies anymore at Muirfield Village. So okay, how do we handicap that, Diane? I'm looking at a very specific set of, set of uh, skill set for this week. Okay. Well, Jack did say that the goal was to make the course more playable, whatever that means, and just to make the course better, not necessarily harder. But as you say, 100 yards in total being added to the course, all the greens reconstructed. The only greens that are still the same, 12, 13, 14 and 17. And um, they added new tees, professional tees to 2, 3, 5, 6 and 7. So, I mean, we, we saw a document that was sent to all the players and caddies and it details everything. It shows images of some of the holes. What impact do you think it's overall going to have on scoring? You know, especially looking at the fact that there's a hundred extra yards on the course. I would be super shocked if Jack Nicholas didn't try to add two or three strokes harder to this course. Let's take number four, for example, a par three used to be a, a beautiful little hole went up a, a small hill and a little jelly bean shaped green that sat into the side of the hill. Now that green is 50 yards long. And that may sound extreme, but if it was, let's say it was 130 yards to the front and I was hitting a nine iron to that pin, they've added 50. So 130 and 50 is 180. I may be hitting a six iron. So he's got a lot more flexibility of what he's, what he can do because the greens were quite small in places at this course of course, there were some par fives at Muirfield Village that the guys just chewed up. But, Diane, I think Jack is like Augusta. Of course he is. He won there five times. 
he doesn't like it when the guys come to their course and 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 rough it up. We've that beautiful hole number eighteen behind you. He experimented one year with furrow bunkers, a uh, furrow rakes, which is the rakes with the big teeth. So when the caddies finished, they raked it out, and the next guy that came in would finish up in down in one of the furrows. So players weren't very happy with that. So Jack Nicholas will have plenty in store for these guys, and the scoring is going to be. This way, not this way. Well, John Ram won last year at nine under par. Remember, it was a bit of a tussle between John Ram and Ryan Palmer, and they both didn't have great days, plus three and plus two, respectively, but um, minus nine being the winning score. Another thing that we have to take into consideration, which we always have to talk about when it comes to Muirfield Village, is, well, not only the weather, but the curse of Cheath Chief leather lips. It's such a hard thing to say. <laughs> That's but hard for you to say. It is. Every single year, the rain causes some sort of delay at this tournament. You know, whether it be before the tournament starts, once play begins, there's always one horrible day of rain. And it's all because of this curse. And for those that don't know the curse of, of chief leather lips, there was an Indian barrier ground on this very site. And when Jack Nicholas designed this course, they were told, do not put the driving range near Chief Leatherlip's grave. Of course, Jack decided that that was going to be the spot that he was going to put that there. And they cursed the tournament for 100 years with bad weather. Now, Barbara and Jack have made offerings to Chief Leatherlip's grave. I have a cartoon. We'll, we'll put it on the show this week. They've given him golf balls with golden bears on them. They've taken fruit baskets. They've taken all sorts of things over to Chief Leatherlip's to stop the curse. And Diane, I don't know if he liked the re redo, but he's got a 95% chance it's going to rain on Wednesday. So Leather Lips is still in play. Oh my gosh, beware of the curse. Right, well, today on our tour report, we're going to be handicapping the field for the Memorial Tournament this year. We're going to be looking a little bit more at the course and re-ranking the field to give you our top picks. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current World Golf Rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, this week it's off to Jack's place for the Memorial Tournament and we are giving you our tour report. So we have our re-ranked top 10 coming up, also sizzlers and dark horse picks. We've been on a little bit of a roll lately, Elk, so, um, and especially this week, the field is of such high calibre as we'd always expect from this tournament. Jack Nicholas, of course, Nothing needs to be said about that. A lot of people just come to Jack's tournament just to see him and Barbara. They, they're the, some of the gracious hosts ever. But, you know, I think, you know, this course, Diane, will probably be do Ryder Cups and big tournaments in the past. I think it's worth a trip to come up to see what Jack has up his sleeve. I mean, I, you know he's going to have all sorts of tricks on this course. 
Well, especially now that um, they did all these renovations to it and we went through those in the first section of the show. But the main things are they've they completely renovated the greens, apart from four on the course, and they've added a hundred yards in length. A lot of new bunkers dotted around the place as well. So this is a little bit of an unknown, not just for us as handicappers, but for the players too. I mean, they would be stepping out on Monday to start their preparations on a course that they've never seen before, really. Yeah, and, and, and this week, Diane, when I start to think about how I handicap this event, I start to think about what skill set is required to play this course correctly. I've talked about on this show before, if you hit one good shot off a hole, let's, let's take number 18 yesterday, the freshest one in our memory of Colonial, over the trees, and now once Co-Crack was in the fair, it was just a simple shot to the green. Jack Nicholas doesn't like that. He likes to have to hit a great drive and a great second shot. Okay. Uh, he's a very demanding designer. And when I think about this week, all the greens have been resurfaced. That's taken away all the advantage of the people like all the past champions that know the breaks. So who is most likely to be able to understand this? Well, first thing I'm going with, Diane, I'm going with the best putters in the field because if all things being equal and nobody knows anything about how to read a green, I'm going with the best putters. Wouldn't matter if you had that green reading book or not. Doesn't matter because it's new turf, new everything. Okay. Well, in past champions, we talked about the fact that John Ram won here in 2020. The year before that, it was Patrick Cantley, Bryson DeChambeau and Jason Duffner, who's part of the Secret Golf team. So we get a little bit of an insight from Duff as well. But as you say, putting is going to be important this week. That's one of the big stats we're looking at. Also, total driving, proximity to the hole, scrambling and the approach from 150 to 175. Right, we're going to get straight into our re-ranked top 10 and that scrambling stat we uh, we talked about it when we did our recap for colonial last week but jordan spieth is at number one he's firmly at the top elk he almost won a second tournament in texas for 2021 but was pipped to the post by jason kokrak and had a great masters is anybody surprised we're talking a month or less ago about Jordan Spieth, will he ever get back? And now here he is sitting atop of the field on this on one of the most iconic tournaments on tour, Jack Nicholas's event. And the reason he's on there, Diane, I was just talking to Jason Kokrak on the phone, and I said, Jordan Spieth has that extra club in his bag, which is like Seve Ballesteros had. It's just he's so tenacious. He can still do things that be, keep himself in contention when he's not at his best. Now, he is driving the ball good. I mean, we saw Jason Kokrak hitting great drive after great drive. Jordan put it right behind him for most of the day. It was, it was very impressive. So Jordan Spieth sits on top of the rankings because he is the best putter on this on the planet right now from five feet, six feet, seven feet. You pick it. Is in form, knows this golf course, and he's a he likes the stage. Yeah. And the other thing with Jordan is he was 54 hole leader. He got off to a great start at Colonial and kept it going. And then Sunday, you know, his, his round was three over. He ended up losing by two shots, but his scrambling was out of this world. And as you say, the putter as well, you see him in these, they seem like impossible situations and you know that he's going to do something to put himself in a prime position afterwards. Yep, and the big the big trick is with Jordan, if you start seeing him driving it straight, then you gotta watch out because you know, once he starts driving it straight, it's uh he's a man to beat. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's it. That's the big stat. But 12th on tour for putting average right now. We have Jordan Spieth at number one, and he's 14 to one this week. So we are definitely not the only ones. <laughs> Coming in at number two, well, someone that we saw win very recently on the PGA Tour. It's kind of a similar situation to Spieth in that there'd been a real dip in form and then to come back and get the win. However, we expected big things from Rory McIlroy at the PGA Championship, and he failed to deliver but he's back in at number two this week. Rory pulled himself out of that funk, Diane, with a new coach, new swing swing idea at uh, Charlotte and won that tournament. Had a disappointing PGA, but anyone would have to consider Rory McIlroy, the way he strikes the ball, the way Jack Nicholas designs courses. It's just a big course. I never could play Jack's courses that good until one time, I decided I was going to play that very course the way he would, which was to hit a high fade. I wasn't a great high fade player back then, but I think I finished third in that tournament because I played every shot with a high fade. Now, that's not Rory's forte. He's, he's more of a high draw, but the high part and the straight part, Rory's got all that. So I think we're going to see more from Rory this summer. I think he's on the verge of sort of doing some things, uh, although it's always two steps forward and one back with Rory, but let's see what happens. But definitely uh, deserves his spot at number two. Yeah, for sure. I keep saying every year, I'm going to get you a T-shirt made up saying, what would Jack do? And it's been your mantra for such a long time. So maybe that's exactly... It's true. He's it's that, true. He wants everyone to think, isn't he, with these designs of his courses? Like, how would he play it? And once he's... Once Jack's not here and Tiger moves into that, what would what would how would Tiger have done? I mean, oh, we God. used to say to ourselves when we were on tour, how would Tiger play this hole? You know, and Tiger never made mistakes. You know, Jack Nicholas, they very rarely made mistakes. We've seen Tiger Woods, funny how we're talking about Tiger Woods right now on this show, but Tiger, we saw him win the open championship, Diane, with not hitting a driver. Very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Won this tournament, plays very disciplined golf. Yeah. Um, so they don't make many mistakes. No, definitely not. Okay, coming in at number three, we have Justin Thomas. Now, the putter seemed to be the club that was causing him problems. Uh, do you think from what we saw last week that he's uh, he's starting to sort out? He's still a little bit of a worry. He still falls in that category of, of Dustin Johnson. Where are they mentally? Where are they uh, sort of in their life as far as where are they looking forward to the U.S. Open. But this will get all of Justin Thomas's attention this week, uh, being with Jack Nicholas. This is a great chance for him to get up there. And, and you know, Jack would, we would talk, Jack would come and talk to us and he would say something to you, hey, you know, how's your game? And I go, well, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with so-and-so. And he would say, well, you know, hit it a little further to the hole. Don't put so much pressure on the chipping or whatever it is. He would make it so simple. And I think the medicine that Justin Thomas needs is to get back to, he sort of won the Players' Championship in spectacular fashion. And since then, he hasn't quite hit hit on all cylinders. But look, we have to rank him up here, Diane. He has the up the ups, upside so much on this type of golf course because of his striking ability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at his numbers too, we talk about his putting being shaky. He's second for putting average on the PGA Tour still. And the approach from 150 to 175, which we think is going to be a good start to look at this week, he is well, sixth. I'd, I'd like to say something about the putting at Justin Thomas and, and Spieth. 
two and 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, it's a sliding deal. Like Jordan was coming from 150th in putting, now back to 12. Yeah. Justin was at two and now maybe going to 100th. But it's that's you've got it when you handicap golf, Diane. And we saw us so famously help a young man win 1.3 million the other day. Mm-hmm. You have to catch these players on the rise. That's the um, secret. Look beyond the stats, which we always say. Stats are about 30%. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, well, this is an interesting one coming in at number four because last year, remember, they had two tournaments at Muirfield Village back to back. The week before Memorial, they had a workday event and it was won by Colin Morikawa. It was a playoff between Morikawa and Thomas. So we're putting Colin Morikawa at number four this week, returning to a course, albeit it's going to look very different, but there's still going to be those winning memories here. Yeah, and he's not the longest hitter on the on the on the tour, Diane. But Jack's going to ask you to hit it straight this week. Mm-hmm. Does anybody think that Jack's going to let you win the tournament by hitting it in the rough all over the place? He's not going to do that. I mean, he saw what Bryson DeChambeau did to his course last year. I think he drove it 400 yards off hole number one. And I read on the brief of what Jack did. There's been a relocated bunker on hole one. The faro the fairway's been narrowed. Okay, so we know Jack fixed that. So. I've got to have a guy in there, Diane, that's very consistent striker, has the patience to learn this course, has enough energy to get out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and learn all about Muirfield Village. He's already won on this course. You still have to hit the same shots. The routing hasn't changed. Morikawa knows all this, of course. And that's why he sits right where he does. Yeah, his numbers are so good. So good across the board. Fifth in proximity, 16th in total driving, 14th in putting average. So he's a solid player. Then at number five, we talked earlier about the importance of being able to hit the ball high around here. And the guy at number five, he has probably the highest ball flight of anyone. You just mentioned him there as well. Bryson DeChambeau, we're putting him in our top five this week. He's won on this tournament. He won this tournament before Diane Bryson has. And I was on tour last week with the guys. And the tour players are a little bit befuddled of how high that Bryson hits these irons. They're sort of calling it ugly high. He's really got these irons up high. Now, we've also said, don't pick on, don't pick Bryson after he's come out of the garage. Wait for a couple of weeks before, he, before you put your money on him. However, he's won on this course, and high ball flight is one of Jack Nicholas's favorite things because he was the highest hitter in the game. We can't leave him out of Diane. He's the longest hitter in the game. He's the highest hitter in the game, and he's won on this course. And look, Bryson's a top 10 player in the world anyway. I think what's going to be interesting if we get a, if we get to see him and Jack talk this week about what Jack put in places to stop that long ball. Yes, right. Okay, well, that is our top five so far. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa and Bryson DeChambeau. All of those guys are either 14 to 1 or 16 to 1. So you would expect them to be at the top. But coming in at number six, we have a guy who is 100 to 1. Now, those odds are high and we're always so big on this guy. He was one of our sizzlers last week for Colonial and he finished in a tie for third. Two weeks before that, he finished in a tie for third as well. So this guy, one of the best putters on tour and his game, we were talking about it, he seems to be playing some of the best, most consistent golf of his career right now. 
Patton Kazire. <laughs> Did I say his name? <laughs> yes, Patton Kazire. There's very few players, Diane, that you would walk onto the putting green to watch in total awe how they putt. Of course, I used to go watch Ben Crenshaw put the most silky, soft stroke you've ever seen in your life and pour one in after the other on the putting green. And I might go over and walk lucky enough to see Tom Watson with a totally different stroke of knocking in putts from all over the green. But Patton Kazaya, Diane, is the best, most beautiful, gorgeous stroke <laughs> ever, the PGA Tour of this era. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Jordan Spieth, but prettier. Okay. Uh, and he does it very consistently. And I, if you weren't on our bandwagon uh, when we got the guy to win the $1.3 million, and you weren't on the bandwagon when we told you he was going to be a sizzler last week and finish third, well, now, naturally speaking, Diane, he moves into the top 10 because we think there's still a little left, little run left on this player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where else, where do you need excellent putting more than Jack's place? Patton is one of these guys that it's um, streaks, so he'll have a long streak of playing well, and then it could be followed by a long streak of playing not so well. And then he seems to be back on the streak of, of playing great golf, as we talked about. The, the putter is amazing. Six on the PGA Tour when you look at the stats. You don't even need to see the stats. You just need to watch the tournament to see how good he is. But he's got two wins on the tour, and they both came pretty close together, Mayakoba and then the Sony Open just two months later. So as we said, you know, he's on this good streak right now, and it, it's it's almost lasting longer. Like you kind of see the longevity in his consistency right now. Well, I talked to you earlier about Jason Kokrak. I'm starting to see Patton Kazaya move into a sort of a top 60 player in the world. I don't think he's made top 30, but he's he's starting to move that way. And you see the progression of players. I've talked to Patton many times. He always worries about his swing. That We all worry about our weakness. And I told Patton, I said, mate, let's get the ball in play. Let's get on the green like Crenshaw did and let's do all the damage. Let's wreak havoc on the greens. I can't tell you because I'm, but I'm seeing that I'm seeing the damage that he's doing. Yes, he hasn't won, or no, he hasn't won. But I'm starting to see 63 in the last round, 64 in the last round, third last week, and I'm watching this stroke on TV, and I'm like, get this man on the green. <laughs> hey, he's up to number 46 in the FedEx Cup standings as well. So that's that's big money for the season so far, and what a lovely place to be at this time in the season as well. So Patton Kazire at 100 to one, we have him at number six. At number seven, 45 to one. I did say we had some better value coming up in the rest of the top ten. The guy that won the Valspar Championship this year for his debut victory, again, he is an excellent. Part- and when he won the Valspar, especially in the final round, he didn't put a foot wrong. I mean, he looked solid from tee to green on all 18. So we have Sam Burns definitely deserving his place up there. Yep. Sam Burns kicked his toe at the Byron Nelson and got beat by KH Lee. Had a disappointing uh, PGA, had to withdraw in the middle of the round. Don't know what that was, but I'm assuming he's healthy again. But he's one of these new young emerging players, long hitter. Um, great putter. Burns is one of the next generation of players. And we're in a push now. I talked to Jason Kokrak this morning. We're in a push now for Ryder Cup. And we're, we're on the countdown for that. Should he be started to be considered? Is Phil Mickelson to be considered? 
is Jason Kokrak with two yeah. wins in the last 17 events to be considered. So it's all a bit of a push right now, Diane. And this has this this has the focus of these players. And look, if you're if you're a stud young player like Sam Burns and you're going up to meet Mr. Nicholas, wouldn't you want to play good on his course if you were oh. playing well? <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, Steve Stricker is going to have uh, some tough choices on his hands when it comes to that US team in the Ryder Cup. Right, um, this guy is going to be on the European team without doubt. Our number eight is a past winner here in that he won it last year. John Ram, 10 to 1. <laughs> so th this is not a high odd pick for you, but um, there's no surprise that he's in our top 10. I've talked about this a lot with you. There is a big gap between the best players in the world and the next group, let's yeah. face it. Now, Ram has been off form, but he has this tremendous upside. He's a defending champ. We know how passionate he is. He had a baby. Okay, I'm not talking about the baby anymore. He should be over that. Everyone, there's <laughs> 3 million people had babies since then. So let's get on with it, John. I mean, let's get on with it. He's had tons of good finishes this year, but a you know, a backdoor third place, I think, at the Masters with a hot round on Sunday, but never really contended. We all know he wants to get back into contention, but he's just going to have to plot his way around and, and, and get himself incrementally back into the hunt. Uh, this course will bring back familiar feelings for him. And, yep, he sits at number eight. Yeah, I mean, none of his other stats are good at all. He's second in total driving. And the next closest stat is 76th in putting average. But as we say, you know, first of all, that's just, he's been in this kind of a little bit of a funk, but past champion and he's, what, number three in the world. So, you know, of course, he's going to work it out. Just like Rory did, I guess, you know, probably a very similar situation in that sense. But... He'll get it going, um, and this could be the week to do so. Coming in at number nine, one of the young studs on the PGA Tour right now, Victor Hovland, and we're getting him at 18 to 1. Yes, Hovland we've talked about on this show. He's probably one of the lead guys in this emerging pack of young players. Very happy-go-lucky, got a big smile on his face, hits it straight. He's sorted out his chipping, um, plays hard courses very well, won the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. Uh, he is a big-time player, and yes, Victor Hovland, what is not to love about this kid? He's just really, you know, he's really moved quickly, Diane, into a top 30 player in the world. I don't know what his world ranking is. I, I think of the players in my head of what the top players are. In other words, they might be in the top 10 or they might be in the top 30 or whatever, but can they stay is how I think of it. Mm -hmm. Does anyone think Hovland's not going to stay around? Oh, you know, well, he's 12th in the world right now and fourth in the FedEx Cup. So he's he's in a he's in a good place, <laughs> definitely. And he's in a good place with his game well, right now. We, we worried about Hovland a few months ago, Diane, with his chipping. And he even said, I've got to work on this because I, I've got issues. Yeah. And he's proven to us and he's proven to everybody he can chip the ball now. You don't have to tell, I, I hear from the tour players all the time. They tell me that Bryson hits it way too high. They tell me Hovland can now chip. They yeah. tell me Will Zalatoris, you know, who is one of our favorites, who has a little his, – his putting is not as solid as they think it's going to be. So tour players look at other tour players and see what they don't have, and they also see little weaknesses and things that they hope that that guy maybe fall off a bridge, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, so to speak. They, you want to look at a guy and think you can beat him. But Hovland sealed off the worry, which is 
good for him. Yeah. Not for everyone else. And you can't, you can never want to push Victor Holland off a bridge because he's so smiley and happy all the time. He's too nice. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, okay, completing our top 10 is, well, we're going to introduce him as the 2021 Masters Champion for the rest of his life. But he's a past winner of this event as well. We have Hideki Matsuyama, 25 to 1. I like this pick here, Diane, because it's been long enough now to go through the COVID two weeks in Japan, read thousand articles on Japanese, go see the mayor, go see the, the <laughs> prime minister, every, get all that done. Come back to America three weeks later, get all this done, get all the press here about the Masters. Now we're starting to, everyone's starting to look at the US Open. So is now the time for Matsuyama to start hitting those iron shots that we know he can do and he's won on this course? And yes, Matsuyama, number 10 this week. Play Money Grabber on the SG Tour. Instead of strokes, it's all about the cash. You pick a team of four players, one from each tier, and scoring is based on the money that your team wins. Your guys missed the cut? No problem, you're still in the game. The SG Tour Golf Gaming App, available on iOS in the App Store. So, well, we're hurtling towards the third major of the year with the US Open just a couple of weeks away. But, well, we have a big one this week. This is always a special event. Um, it's an invitational on the tour. So just a higher standard of field. I mean, you look at the guys playing this week and we've got some big names. We've gone through our top 10 for the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village. And now we're on to our sizzlers. These are guys that made really big jumps up in our re-ranking. Their odds are all... A little bit higher and we think they are ones to watch so elk our first guy well we're starting with a fellow aussie and he has had six top 10 finishes already this season um, a win at the zurich classic alongside mark leishman finished 10th at the masters 9th at the rbc heritage not long ago cameron smith we have as our first sizzler at 45 to 1. Yes, Diane, I love Cam Smith in general, but I love him here this week also. He's a big course player, the only man to shoot four rounds in the 60s at Augusta and not win. But Cam Smith, as everyone knows and listens to golf and watches golf, is an Australian emerging player. But the reason I like him here, Diane, is he's sort of a master putter. He putts really fast greens, slopey greens really well. Any questions what he does at Augusta? There's the slopiest, fastest of all. Muirfield Village is basically designed in a similar sense the way that Jack did it. He loved it so much. So, And he's a high hitter and he's a straight driver. Yeah. And he's got a cool mullet. So um, Cam Smith is on the sizzle watch for me, Diane. Yeah, and... Um I live in Jacksonville Beach. He lives just along the road. And some of my friends were out the other day on the water and they saw this like $700,000 enormous, amazing boat. And this little guy with a blonde mullet on the boat. And they were like, they know golf. They got a little bit closer and they realized it was Cam Smith. And then, so he was here letting his hair down, literally. And he'll be all ready to go <laughs> at Jack's place this week. I guess the obvious question would be, well, what boat did you expect him to pull up in, Diane? No, no. If you had that kind of, if you had that kind of looks 
I mean, seriously. <laughs> Six top tens this season alone. So, yeah, he can go out and buy himself the nicest boat that he wants. So Cam Smith is our first sizzler this week. Our second one is a past champion here. He won the event two years ago. I mean, I'll never forget that Jack Nicholas had said to Patrick Cantley before the final round, like, smile a little bit more. Look a little bit happier out there. Well, it didn't. he didn't really pay much attention to that. <laughs> But he won and he is one of our sizzlers. What I want to ask you this, though. What stopped us putting Cantley into the top 10 this week? You know, because he's a, cal- a, a player of that calibre. So where's the difference? Yeah, so Cantley's been off the chart for a while. He hasn't been playing well. A few missed cuts. Not, haven't seen his name in, on Sunday on the top of the leaderboard. And you have to start to look at players that are going to try to trend up a little bit. Now, Cantlay's won this tournament. Mm-hmm. Surely, Diane, he would have gone home, got whatever figured out. You know, he's a great putter. I doubt that his putting has left him. He knows how to play this golf course. It's a second-shot golf course. When I say that, okay, I said to you, Jack asked you to do a lot of things. He wants you to drive it straight. But if you want to get near these pins, Jack used to hit the high fade. Almost every hole on this course suits a high fade. Cantlay's got that shot. He won this tournament. He puts great. As you said, he's stoic. He's relaxed. Maybe not relaxed. He's has the patience to maybe put the work in to understand this new design features. I like him as a sizzle. I've got a big players, Diane, that I think ahead. I gotta think like they do. Okay. I'm going back to where I've won. I've got the US Open in California. I'm putting chips in this basket because he's working towards the strength of the season schedule-wise for him. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Cantley is 22 to 1. So, I mean, good, lowish odds for him. But going back to a place that he won at only two years ago. Right, our third sizzler. And you and I had a little bit of a debate over this one, so we could talk about it here. But we have Ricky Fowler as a sizzler. Now, he's 66 to 1. I just Googled to, uh, to get his past couple of finishes and the main the top question that comes up in the google search bar is what happened to ricky fowler (laughs) so well i'll tell you what did happen is he played well at the pga a couple of weeks ago that definitely happened this is my favorite piece of the show this week (laughs) ricky fowler as a sizzle pick i'm so happy diane because i'll tell you why you want to know why i got him as a sizzle (laughs) He has been off the charts. He even needed a special exemption to play in the PGA. He missed the cut the week before. Just we thought he was motivated. But, Diane, if you think that Ricky Fowler went over to the PGA and played four days and finished in the top five on that course. Top we, top <laughs> oh, top ten? It wasn't top five? T- tied for eighth. Okay, I'll take it. And there was so much carnage, Diane. And Ricky Fowler, game, stood up for four days. He had a top 10. So where do you put him? Where do you think about Ricky Fowler if he's nowhere and he can walk into a PGA on the hardest course on the tour and finish in the top 10? To me, that gives me a lot of confidence. And that tells me I may jump quicker than you do, but I'm saying Ricky Fowler's on the sizzle. Okay. And that's why he's in it. Well, it's his, that was his only top 10 of the season. His next best finish was at the Valero Texas Open. Type yeah, but you know what I would say to you about that? What? That is his first top 10 of his new oh, season. Okay. But the other stuff, 
is gone. And I love Ricky. I mean, and I think he's so great for golf. Really, when you think about, you know, the, the guys that really are moving the needle when it comes to golf as a sport and social, commercial, you know, Ricky's still one of the top guys up there. But, you know, he was... He, he had a special invitation to play that PGA. It was the first major that he hadn't been exempt for for such a long time. And, um, well, he hadn't played the Masters, had he? So that would have been like a bit of a blow. And then to not be in the PGA Championship with that, surely that was such a big like kick up the butt to say, right, I have to go out there and perform well because there would be nothing worse than having that invitation and then missing the cut. Well, I'm not going to tell you all to run out and put your money on Ricky Fowler. But here's what I am telling you. <laughs> There is no flukes in the top 10 of a major, and there certainly is no flukes when you play a Kiowa. So what changed? Is he hitting it straight? Of course he is if he finished good at Kiowa. We know what was off the tee at Kiowa. Yeah. Second shots, they're long and demanding in crosswings. Okay, test done. Putting, he said he's been putting terrible, couldn't put it into the ocean. Okay, pass that test in the wind. So all I'm saying to you is, He's passed a lot of tests internally for him okay. to do what he did at Kiwa. Things um, are starting to change for him. Okay. And we know that he signed up to play in the US Open qualifier next Monday. If he were to win this week, then he wouldn't have to play in the qualifier because he'd be in already. When Ricky wins soon, you'll be able to go back to New Mexico, Carlsbad, to the <laughs> trunk of Elk's car and pull this antique footage and say elk saw it on this day okay i i hope so i really i never root against anyone so i hope so but um as i said ricky fowler 66 to 1 cantley 22 to 1 and cameron smith is 45 to 1 our three sizzlers for this week so jay kaplan's gonna be here what were you gonna say I was going to say, when I pick Ricky in our SG Tour match this week and you see him running up the leaderboard, you are going to be texting me like mad. I won like $15 last week on our SG Tour games. So I have won I got, I, two weeks in a row. Now. I've won every game. Well, not won, but I've won money in every game that I've played in for two weeks in a row. Well, they everybody can come play with us on SG Tour. We have a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to be picking some good teams this week. If you listen to this report, you should be set up really well. We just want to win the 1.3 million on DraftKings, like Cameron called it, one of our regulars. I'll take half. I split it with you. I would take. I would take a very small portion of that. Right, Elk. Thank you. Have fun in your golf outing today, and we'll catch up with you next week. Well, the final part of the show and we're on to those dark horse picks for Memorial. Now, I'm joined by Jay Kaplan, who's the master of the dark horse picks on location as well. You and Elk are just living the dream this week here, there and everywhere. Jay has been coaching baseball. That's his other job. And he is losing his voice. Actually, you lost your voice. And thankfully, it's come back a tiny little bit <laughs> for us to <laughs> I woke up this morning at five and drank tea and honey like every 10 minutes just so I could make this show. That's how important you are in the entire Secret Golf Tour Report universe. So you're just going to have to bear with me. I might start yelling because I've been yelling for three days at high school kids. And I think hopefully everyone out there can relate to the stress that's involved in. So I'll do my best. 
You also sent me some notes. So if all else fails, I can read your notes and then we'll be all right. Okay, so, well, do you want to go first? And we can rattle through yours and then we can end on mine. But you have two dark horse picks this week. And the first one is someone that Elk and I were like, stay away from. (laughs) That actually makes me feel better because when the, the world goes with the consensus pick, I usually like to go the other way. So clearly that's what I'm going to do. And you have every right to tell the secret golf world to stay away from this guy. He's been atrocious for the last month. It's a month and a half, but he does play. He's a player. Um, He's a guy that we've used before as our dark horse pick, and he's actually performed pretty well for us. And his numbers match up with Muirfield Village. He is a guy that I can count on that if he is a top 20 finish, I'm going to feel good about it. And his FedEx rank really isn't that bad this year. I'm trying to justify and rationalize everything, which I normally don't do. But when we spit him out in the numbers, he came up in a spot that warrants the dark horse look. So I'm not going to try to spin it with statistics. He's not playing well. But I think this is the week that he's going to start to turn it around. And what a better place to do it under the nose of Jack Nicholas. My first dark horse pick is the one and only Carlos Ortiz. He's going to upset you this week. We love that phrase. This is going to be the week that they turn it around. I, I wasn't laughing at your Ortiz pick. I was laughing at your gravelly voice and how hard you're trying to get through this. Um, really? But... I mean, Ortiz did jump all the way up to number 16 in our re-ranking this week. That was a a big jump based on his official world golf ranking. He's 140 to 1 and he's green across the board with his numbers. You know, when it's a course that the guys, obviously we've talked about the renovations so much, so it's not essentially a new course, but it's going to be a very different course for them. And ball striking is going to be premium. He's 29th on the tour and putting average he's 32nd solid numbers and as you say we all know the type of player that Ortiz is I mean he won the Houston Open had a great finish in Phoenix earlier this season so he can do it and he maybe just needs a bit of a blank canvas course to go out there and play his game yeah and you know I think the renovations are going to play into the mind of most of the players the guys that always play here and it's most of them feel comfortable at this course and now there may be a little bit of doubt even after practice rounds of noticing the differences and then the guys that are coming in struggling might feel like you know what the field is coming back to me so if I can just play to my strength I've got a chance I feel like Ortiz is that guy this week and I look forward to this time next week when I can say Diane you and Elk once again wrong yeah, we, we looked at him for a sizzler, actually, and we both were like, nah, there's, there's not enough momentum. But at 140 to 1, he is a solid dark horse pick. Right, so that's your first one. Your second one, are you able to get through it? I hope so. Uh, I might have to duck out for a little tea and honey or something, but I'm going to really battle. It shows my intestinal fortitude. Oh. My second dark horse pick um, is a guy that is trending forward, which I really like. Um, he's played here plenty and he, one of his dream foursomes includes the founder of Muirfield Village, but doesn't that, that guy 
isn't he included in everybody's dream foursome? I would think Jack Nicklaus is. If not, you need to reevaluate, reevaluate yourself. My pick, one of my in my foursome is this guy. That's how strongly I feel about him this week. And then if he makes the cut, he can stay. If he misses the cut, he needs to get out. But I know he's going to be motivated. He's actually trending in the right direction. And when you look at his numbers, his only Achilles heel is his scrambling, but he's accurate. And from 150 and in, he ranks 10th on tour, which is perfect for Muirfield Village. So I'm going to stick with my gut instinct, and I'm going to make this guy one of my coveted dark horse picks of the week. My final dark horse pick is Brendan Steele. At 250 to one. Also, you because you did send me notes in case your voice cracked. His uncle played Luke on General Hospital. That's right. And? And Brendan made his TV acting debut on an episode of Bones in 2015. So this man craves the attention that I think he'll get for being near the top of the leaderboard. And who of my era doesn't remember the Luke and Laura drama after school at three o'clock that our parents forced us to watch? Who doesn't remember that? Except for you, Diane, you were probably watching some Scottish soap opera. Do they have those over there? there? Yeah, uh uh-huh, yep. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, He's playing well. I mean, he's had, he was third at the Honda um, started the year with that top five finish at the Sony Open, played good at the Zura Classic, the team event, um, finished tied for fourth there. So, yeah, I mean, it's all pointing in the right direction. And Brendan Steele at 250 to one. I mean, there's, again, going to be value in a top 20, a top 10. So I like it. OK, well, let's move on to my dark horse pick this week. And this is another one that Elk was like, we were thinking about him for a sizzler and Elk uh, wanted to stay away. And when you look at his numbers, you can see why. But I'm going with Sebastian Munoz. And I was quite surprised to see that he's won 25 to 1, especially after the way that he's been playing lately. He had a top 10 finish at the Valero Texas Open last week at Colonial was in a tie for third, had a pesky double bogey on, I think, the 15th hole, but then backed up birdie birdie um, par to finish. So that moved him up. And there's just been some really good momentum from him. Ball striking, he is 46, total driving on the PGA Tour. And putting average, I mean, 59th, it's not mind blowing or anything, but. It's still a relatively decent number for Sebastian Munoz. It looks as though he's been, uh, this is going to sound really creepy, but like he's lost a bit of weight. He's maybe been working out. And um, when I was watching the coverage on Sunday, he just had this kind of like swagger of confidence that I hadn't seen from him in a really long time. So I think that Munoz's game could be on a bit of an upturn right now. And at 125 to 1, I think he is a good dark horse. I like that you're creeping on his physical form. I didn't mean it like that, but I was just like, oh, he's definitely, you know, been thinking about that. That tells me he's motivated to succeed and it paid off for him last week. So keep watching him through the window of his workouts and maybe this can be a consistent dark horse for you since you're creeping. 
Yep. <laughs> okay, so our dark horse picks this week, yours, Carlos Ortiz and Brendan Steele, and I'm going with Sebastian Munoz. Right, Jay, thank you. Um, get back to your baseball and the honey and lemon. Try and save your voice and be back because next week, well, first up, we have the longest day of golf on Monday. It's all the 36 hole qualifiers for the US Open. So we'll definitely touch on that next week. And then we have another new course. The Is, is it the Palmetto at Congaree in South Carolina? So again, another new addition to the PGA Tour schedule and uh, we will give you our handicapping for that event. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.